today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Flash in the pan, as we might say, and he was comparing it to that which lasts. So you've got the folly of man over here, splash, flash, and you have the wisdom of God over here, dismissed, but yet that's where deliverance is found. And it lasts long after the splash and the flash is gone. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Ecclesiastes. Set your eyes on what is eternal. Today, you learn from Pastor J.D.'s message to not model after the world by seeking the flash-in-the-pan kind of things. Store up your treasure for what's eternal. Keep your eyes focused heavenward and on the things that are eternal. These things will never decay but will last forever. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 9 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. We're talking about eternal life and eternal death. Key word, eternal. And if you say there is no hell for all eternity, you have. that. I would even venture to say, and again, you'll forgive me for saying it this way, that is dangerously close to blasphemy. That is dangerously close to blasphemy. Verse 7, now Solomon has come to this faulty (laughs) conclusion. You live, you only go around once, and then you die. Now here's what he's going to say to do. And it makes sense if if that's how you believe. He says, go, eat your bread with joy, and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already accepted your works. Let your garments always be white, and let your head lack no oil. Live joyfully with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life. Wow. Tell us how you really feel, Solomon. You know, just live, live it up. Live your miserable life, because that's what it is. That's what he's going to say. All the days of your vain life, which he has given you under the sun, all your days are vanity, meaningless, emptiness. For that is the portion in life, and in the labor which you perform under the sun, whatever your hands find to do, do it with your might, for there's no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you're going. You might as well just live it up now, because where you're going, it's over. It's game over. That's all there is. And here again, this is the creed of the lost. This is the natural conclusion. Live it up while you can. This is all there is. Might as well. (laughs) What what was that? I'm sorry to use a old beer commercial. 
I'm sorry to use an old commercial, let alone a beer commercial, but I, I want to say it was, oh, this is going to be bad if I know the n- name of the beer. <laughs> I think it was Schlitz. Come on, can I just have somebody bear witness with me here so I don't feel so carnally alone? You remember Schlitz beer? They probably don't have it anymore. It was, I think it was Schlitz beer. It was a Schlitz beer commercial. Just go for the gusto in life. In other words, it was this motto, this creed. This is all there is. You might as well drink it up, live it up, the gusto. Okay, I'm just totally, uh, <laughs> I, I hope I didn't lose, lose you on that one. Especially now, because verse 11 is really interesting. He says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. For man also does not know his time, like fish taken in a cruel net, like birds caught in a snare, so the sons of men are snared in an evil time when it falls suddenly upon them. Wow. In other words, we are just at the whim of fate. You would think that the, the swift, oh, that's, that's the winner of the race. The race is, is absolutely going to go to the swift. And that battle always goes to the strong. So I'm saying, no, no, it doesn't. There's no rhyme or reason. Here's someone swift, here's someone strong, and yet theirs is not the race, theirs is not the battle. Here's someone wise, theirs is not the bread. The fool gets the bread that the wise should have got. The slower wins the race that the swift should have won. The weaker wins the battle that the strong should have won. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, the the outcome is just flip the coin up in the air. Doesn't matter, heads or tails. It's all chance. It's all, I'm going to use this word very carefully, and you'll see why in a moment. It's all luck. We don't use luck in our home, because luck comes from Lucifer. It's all luck. It's all chance. No not in God's economy, because see, God determines the outcome. The outcome is in God's hands. God rules over all and overrules all. There's no chance. Could you imagine? Something happens by chance, and here's God going, when did that happen? God is all-knowing. God is all-present. God is all-powerful. You know what that means? That means God is (laughs) all-knowing, God is all-present, and God is all-powerful. Nothing happens without it first passing through His sovereign hands. Well, that's even worse, Pastor, because now you're telling me that God allowed the weaker to win the battle that should have gone to the strong. That's not fair. (laughs) How does that make any sense? That's not right. Well, wait a minute. 
you're questioning the ways and the whys of God. God is sovereign. God is just. God is fair. (laughs) Maybe think about this. Could it be, I know this is a novel idea, but could it be that God is privy to more information than you are? Oh, well that, okay, now now I see what you're saying. Oh, I sure hope so. I, I, I think about in our prayer lives. I think this manifests itself in our prayer lives. I'll explain. You know how when you pray and you pray, and, and it's like that prayer just bounces off the ceiling. And <laughs> even worse yet, you pray and it gets yet worse. It's kind of like, oh my goodness, I'm going to stop praying, because the more I pray, the worse it gets. What's up with that? That makes no sense. So here you pray, and, and God, for whatever reason, does not answer the prayer the way we prayed it. And that's what I'm talking about when you start, you know, thinking to yourself, well, wait a minute, and why? And you can never break that why barrier the ways and the whys of God. And it puts a strain on your relationship with the Lord. Because you think, in this, in the enemy's right there to help you along with this thought that somehow God's like up there going, no, I'm not going to answer that prayer. In other words, our lives and the blessing and the good things that God gives us is predicated upon us being good, That's right out of the the enemy's playbook, by the way. And so that's what Satan is all about, is to try to get, that's what he did with Eve in the garden. It was really questioning the ways and the whys of God. God's holding out on you. He doesn't want you to eat from that tree. And he questioned God. Hath God said? Hmm, what doesn't God want you to have? See, if he doesn't If He's withholding this from you, then that means that God's not good. God's not fair. God's not righteous. God's not just. And once that seed is planted, and it's watered, and it germinates and sprouts, it's, it bears a bitter fruit. So you pray, 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 God doesn't answer. And you start, you know, it, it, it becomes a, a, an issue in your relationship with the Lord. Have you ever thought of it like this? That God will always answer your prayers the exact same way you would answer your own prayers if you knew what He knew. You know, oftentimes we pray, and I can almost imagine God in heaven. You know, I pray, oh Lord, please. And, and it's like the Lord's going, you don't want me to answer that prayer. Because if I answer that prayer that way, it would be catastrophic if you only knew. The problem is you don't. You don't know what I know. See, I see the end from the beginning. And if I were to give that to you, it would be harmful to you. And I can't do that, because every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. If it's good, (laughs) it's God. You're going to get it. Now, the problem is you're not always going to get it when you want, because see, you know, it's been said God's 
never late, but He's never early either. And truth be known, we don't want Him to be early. His timing is always perfect. I love that quip. If the timing is wrong, God says slow. If I'm wrong, God says grow. If the request is wrong, God says no. But if the timing is right, I'm right, and the request is right, God says go. Here you go. If it's good, God's going to give it to me. Why would He not? Think about us as earthly parents, as fallen as we are, as sinful as we are. I think about when Jesus, in the context of the Holy Spirit, said, you as earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to your children. I mean, come on. Your, your, your child comes to you and asks for a fish. What are you going to give them, a snake? Ask for bread. What are you going to give them, a rock? Here, go chew on that, kid. No. How much more your heavenly Father will give you the Holy Spirit when you ask. In other words, when you ask God for something that is good, God will give it to you. Again, when? His timing is always perfect. We get impatient, right? We want what we want when we want it. Like a five-year-old, right? We want it now. It's like that one prayer, God give me patience and give it now. <laughs> I need patience now. Well, that's the point. Be patient. I'll give you patience. You know how you learn patience? Yeah, you got it, by being patient. I hate that. I wish there was a patience pill. You know, you see those pills, those medications advertised on TV. I'm waiting for Patient-X, or whatever they want to call it. Just take a pill, and I'm very patient right now. Okay, I'm patient now. No, by the way, This is the last thing on this, and then we'll finish the chapter. Famous last words. But you know, the, in Galatians, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, key word, fruit, the implication being that fruit takes time to grow. Gifts are given. Boom. Wow. Thank you. But not fruits. On the mainland, many years ago, we planted these arbovitas. They're these kind of like these, uh, you know, these shrubs, you know, kind of the pine looking shrubs. And they they created kind of a hedge, you know, on the uh, back of the fence. And 53 of them, 53. And we, and we, we couldn't afford the big ones. So we bought the, you know, the baby ones are like three, four feet tall. These things grow to 20, 30, 40 feet tall. So we buy these two little, little itsy bitsy things. And so I, you know, we plan them. That was brutal. We use miracle Grow because I'm impatient. And I'm dousing these things with miracle Grow like every other day. And I'm out there watering them. Come on, grow! What's the matter with you? What's going on? It's been an hour. <laughs> kind of interesting. I, I found pictures of our house on the mainland. And I, they had pictures of the backyard and those arbovitas that I planted, those buggers are huge. I mean, they're like probably 30 feet tall. <laughs> I mean, I planted those things and they get the benefit of those things growing. The problem is it was 20, 
Oh my goodness, almost 30 years ago. We purchased that home in 1990. This is 2020. Someone help me out here. Is my math right? Isn't that 30 years? 30 years to grow. That's what the fruit of the Holy Spirit is. Have you ever walked by, I know I said that was the last thing, but this will be the last, last thing on this. Have you ever walked by like a papaya tree or a mango tree and heard it grunting, trying to get the fruit? I know you probably could have gone the rest of your life without that image in your mind, but no, it just, it just grows. It takes time to grow. Verse 13, he kind of turns a corner here. He's going to, I get the impression that Solomon was a good storyteller. He says, this wisdom I have also seen under the sun, and it seemed great to me. There was a little city with few men in it, and a great king came against it, besieged it, and built great snares around it. Now, there was found in it a poor wise man, and he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that same poor man. Then I said, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, the poor man's wisdom is despised, and his words are not heard. Words of the wise, verse 17, spoken quietly, should be heard, rather than the shout of a ruler of fools. Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroys much good. Here again, you see it leaping off the pages of this book. Solomon is fighting, struggling, grappling, this, this doesn't reconcile. This, this does not make sense. Here you've got this wise man, and he's dismissed. And yet, he's the one responsible for saving the city that was being besieged. And what do they do? They don't give him the time of day. Instead, they applaud, reward, the strength, the loud, the folly. But here's the wise. Instead of being rewarded and applauded, he's silenced and despised. Interesting. I was thinking about an illustration, and we'll bring the Bible study to an end this way. I think it's so apropos. I first heard it from Pastor Chuck Smith many years ago at a conference. And he was describing the splash and the flash, which is here today, gone tomorrow. Flash in the pan, as we might say. And he was comparing it to that which lasts. So you've got the folly of man over here, splash, flash. And you have the wisdom of God over here, dismissed. But yet, that's where deliverance is found. And it lasts long after the splash and the flash is gone. Here's the illustration. Fourth of July, fireworks. 
Oh my goodness, that lights up the sky. Spectacular, loud. I mean, just talk about splash and flash, but it doesn't last. I mean, it's it's the grand finale. Wow, ooh, ah, ho. And then it's gone. But it's not. If you look close enough, you'll find something that's even more spectacular. You'll find those stars shining in the sky, every single one of them God created and named. And oh, by the way, just to put it into perspective, you know when God promised Abraham He would make His descendants as numerous as the sands on the seashore and the stars in the sky? Some have suggested that the stars in the sky are as numerous as the sands on the seashore. Okay, I'm going to go to Kailua Beach. I'm going to try to just count a handful, and I'll see you in about 10 years. That's how long it's going to take me. If that's, of course, presupposes I even get that far. One handful of sand. Those are the stars? And He named them? And He remembers? Yeah. Oh, what what were those fireworks again? You see where I'm going with this, right? Man, I, I'm not good with names. You know, so I, yeah, I forget my own name sometimes. Kind of like, uh, brother, (laughs) sister. I just, I just exposed myself because, you know, if I just forget your name, and I call you brother, you're going to know that I forgot your name. (laughs) Oh, brother. God bless you, brother. (laughs) I I can't remember that. I can't remember that many names. You mean to tell me that, okay, the fireworks are long gone. Bye. That was fun while it lasted. Whoa, look at that. Oh, but I wonder how far away that is. It's not just a little, it's, don't imagine it being a little itsy bitsy, you know, speck in the sky. That thing is a sun. It's a burning star. And it's so far away, and yet it shines that bright. And God created it, and God named it, and God knows its name. Hmm. Wisdom. And, and he, over here is this loud and proud strength of man. And you're oohing and on after that. And, and over here, I'm thinking about Paul to the Corinthians. God chooses the foolish to confound the wise, the weak to shame the strong. And that's how it is. Thanks for joining us today for In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been teaching through the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, a book written by King Solomon. Solomon is known as one of the wisest kings to ever live, but that doesn't mean he always made the wisest choices. In Ecclesiastes, we read the words of Solomon with both hope and warning. We hope because the Lord is faithful in every season, and we read with warning, for tomorrow is not promised. Or as Solomon writes, Life is vapor, here today and gone tomorrow. How will you choose to live your life this year? With hope in the Lord or with sorrow in the world? 
Learn from Solomon and put your hope in the lasting things, the Lord Jesus Christ. We hope today's teaching has inspired and encouraged you to continue learning from God's Word. You can connect with us by visiting our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. Just click on Contact under the About tab. You'll also find us on Facebook and Twitter, and you're welcome to interact with us there. Pastor J.D.'s teachings are also available on YouTube. Links to all of these are available at our website. If you don't currently have a home church, we want to encourage you to find and begin attending a church in your area. If you're near Kaneohe, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe. Just check out InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com for more. We hope you'll join us next time for another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Give me truth to